And welcome to Let the Right Films In with Feeling Edition. We're usually your podcast on the IMDb 250, but that little moniker, I used that last week and that's not the right word. But that little with feeling at the beginning means that, well, it previously meant that Kayla stepped out and someone else stepped in. But this week's special guest is... Kayla! It's me! She's here! (laughs) I'm here! My co-host is co-hosting! It's incredible to be here. Everyone definitely probably thought that I died, but you can't get rid of me that easily. No, alas, we could not. We tried. We wrapped you in tarmac and concrete. We shipped you off to sea. We invited cats into the studio to try to distract you, as Soundcat Phoebe is also here. With nothing to add. (laughs) This week on Let the Right Films In with Feeling Edition, we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman, a little film directed by uh, Patty Jenkins that was released over the weekend and made some money. I saw it, Kayla, you saw it, and then we saw it together. We've seen it four times between the two of us. Soundcat Phoebe has nothing to contribute. For being new on the job, she's already slacking, I gotta say. If she had been able to go to the movie theater, she probably would have loved it, though. Kayla, Wonder Woman came out this weekend. We saw it. It made over $100 million at the uh, domestic box office, over $100 million at the foreign box office on track for possibly getting $900,000 total. It also got a very high uh, rating on the uh, totally biased, completely corrupt uh, ratings aggregator Rotten Tomatoes. Got a 95% because the Marvel critics were on break from marvel or i don't know there's it's biased somehow well, all, well you see all of our contracts expired we were trying oh, to re-up them before this dc movie came out but we just couldn't reach a deal so unfortunately we were all forced to admit that a dc movie is good did like planned parenthood pay you this week you know i'm really not supposed to say <laughs> no uh the, that's the stupid AC, and the aclu <laughs> did get a bunch of donations yes. um i just want to take a quick moment to say that that is stupid it's not our fault that all dc movies up until now have been trash so well there's the no two con- we've had before this there's no conspiracy just let it go <laughs> besides we want to talk about good things like wonder woman which we will probably we will definitely be spoiling at some point, but we'll get to that later. So, yeah, if you don't want any part of the movie spoiled, you should probably just turn it off right now. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of this podcast is that we liked Wonder Woman and are going to discuss it. Wow. <laughs> so You know what? That's actually a much more concise uh, summary than what I introduced us with, so well done. Uh, just coming in and bringing back that co-host power, I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, if otherwise, just go back to a couple new episodes released wa- last week. Uh, one with Gabe Akins previewing the summer in movies. The other with Laura Malisi talking about Final Girls and horror. Those are also great episodes, uh, which don't really spoil anything, except for old horror movies. But if you haven't seen Screen or Halloween, that's a just discussion for another podcast. Kayla, Wonder Woman, you said we liked it. Uh, why don't you tell... Why don't you just, like... Make sure we heard you right. Like, are you sure? Are you very sure that you liked it? Let me just, let me just set the scene for you guys. Scene. So, obviously, I have been excited about this movie for a very long time. 2017 fandom. I had my misgivings because there was the leak earlier last year about how apparently the set of Wonder Woman was a total disaster and it was going very poorly and blah, 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 which I am now inclined to believe was possibly a saboteur trying to make it seem like it wasn't going to be good. Probably a post Pajiba world. Some dude. I don't know what that means. Pajiba was the site that it was posted on. Oh, okay. (laughs) I will say one of my favorite podcasters, Joanna Robson's does stand by the person who released that, but is still unnamed. But it's also possible it was a mess at the time, but, you know, they got their stuff together. And then it got fixed, yeah. We don't know. All right, so despite a couple, like, when the first trailer started coming out, I very specifically remember saying to Tyler and to my boyfriend, Ben, this looks like it's going to be good, but I'm still afraid mm-hmm. <laughs> that somehow it will not be good. And the initial trailers were really good, and it as... We came closer to the release date. I became more and more excited because, like, honestly, if I'm being honest, even if it had been bad, I probably still would have gone and seen it, like, four or five times because for some reason the his- the history, the future of women in Hollywood 
is dependent on the success of this movie, which is a whole other conversation. But anyway, so we purchased IMAX tickets for it for Friday and we went and saw it and I literally cried like five times during it because I was so happy that it was good. Like the first time that Diana stepped onto the field in the full costume in all of her beautiful statuesque glory, (laughs) I got like a full body chill, total goosebumps, immediately burst into tears because just, I, I don't know, like Wonder Woman has never been like my favorite superhero by any means, but it was just so insane to just have that image like so vividly executed in and just it it was just it was incredible like I I really I don't have a more eloquent way to say it it blew my mind because I can't remember the last time I saw a movie where there was a moment like that that was completely framed in such an enthralling and empowering way and like that's really what I super enjoyed about this movie is that I really feel like frame for frame you could go through and like, you can just tell that it was directed by a woman, <laughs> that it was, like, made with women in mind, and I just have so many feelings about that <laughs> because so many movies are, ob- I mean, uh, the default for movies is to be shot through the male gaze and not even necessarily the, like, in an objectifying way. It's, it's just not that, even about the intentionality of it. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the fact that a lot, like, when men are directing the movies... The camera itself, yeah, well, yeah, the camera itself becomes an extension of that man's gaze. And so, like, even unintentionally or even to the best of their ability, there's always going, like, in my opinion, you can always tell the difference between a movie that's directed by a woman and then a movie that's directed by a man. So, in this case, especially, it was just so incredibly exciting (laughs) to just be involved in this world and just really overwhelmed by it and it's not like I mean I try not to be cynical about movies I don't always succeed (laughs) because Hollywood makes it really hard so it's super nice to see a movie that just kind of reminds you of like quote-unquote movie magic (laughs) where you just can just enjoy it and have this total escapism and be excited about it yeah, I don't want to say my favorite part of what you just said, but one of my favorite parts of what you just said means that very on in this podcast, I can compare Wonder Woman to the uh, French cannibal horror movie Raw. <laughs> because the same movie. <laughs> I have a very good reason. Uh, because uh, when I saw that, I can't pronounce her name, but the the director of that movie, which is maybe my, my second favorite of 2017 so far it's an incredible uh, incredible experience but one of the things that's really noticeable about raw which is about uh this young woman who goes to veterinary school and is struggling with certain impulses uh as you're watching it the way that she is filmed when she's writhing around in bed when she's dealing with these this rash she has when she is leering at people I could tell it's directed by a woman because I just haven't seen those scenes those actions those impulses framed in the way they are in that movie where it feels much more natural and that it's just like a woman experiencing these things it isn't framed in any way to either uh, objectify her body or avoid objectifying her body and that's the way it feels natural it doesn't seem like someone is specifically trying to do something or to avoid coming off like they're trying to do something and that's what i felt in wonder woman especially in a lot of the battle scenes in which the Amazons are fighting and flipping, and even though you have their skirts flying everywhere and everything, and the way that they're gracefully uh, flipping and tumbling, none of it feels sexualized or objectified in any way. And I couldn't help but think that even with a male director with the best intentions would have a much harder time just filming it in a way where it's just natural. It's just them being athletic Mm -hmm. and warriors. Well, and yeah, I mean, and what I felt about all of the scenes with the Amazons fighting was that it was very much a display of their strength more than anything else. And I mean, like to be like, I mean, like a hundred percent full disclosure, I want to live on big gay Amazon Island. Like I'm not, (laughs) uh, like (laughs) I'm a hundred percent like Robin Wright. And there's, there's a lot. (laughs) You're like Samir. You're like, so there's a island of women 
How do we get there? That's as, you. As a woman who finds other women very beautiful, it obviously I can't say that I was not... I was definitely very appreciative of all of their insane goddess-like beauty, but it wasn't, like, the it's, main focus of it. It's not the point. It. I also am, like, I really want to have the kind of thigh strength where I can spin around a horse while also shooting a bow because that's, like... What the fuck, dude? Like, that's, that's she held the onto the part. horse with her thighs and then shot a bow. <laughs> that's the big part of those scenes is what, the way that they're moving. It's like, how? How do you? I mean, I'm sure you have the help of, like, you know, some rigging and CGI. But, like, it, you're so in the moment that you're just, wow, these are some pretty good fighters. The way they're able to control their bodies so much so that they can do anything really yeah my big gay brain was screaming the entire time in a respectful way (laughs) 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 it killed tyler I guess we'll say like also tied with that is you get the you get the image of a young Diana age like I don't know seven or eight or whatever fighting and kicking along and I just can't help but think you know I know that this is maybe not a hundred percent like seventy five percent for all the young girls that will definitely be watching to be immediately get them invested but I'm I'm still in on it man I'm crying that's there's beautiful nothing... she's so pure yeah there's honestly some of the <laughs> the things that make me the most emotional about like this film and other things that I perceive to be like positive representation for women is thinking about all of the young girls who are watching it and seeing it and like seeing themselves reflected back in it, which was another thing I appreciated about the Amazon Island was that it wasn't just like a bunch of white blonde people, which would have been an easy out. And so the thing that I appreciate most about that is I remember being young and I remember maybe not like consciously looking for myself or somebody that I could relate to in media. But like the first time I saw a Harry Potter movie and I saw Hermione Granger, like being persnickety and casting spells and stuff, it was huge. It was hugely important. And to see something like that on such like, and even maybe Harry Potter's the wrong example. Cause that's also a pretty large scale, but like the biggest movie of all time directed by a female director with like this crazy female crew and all this stuff like it's it it just we've come very far when it comes to stuff like this and we still have a really long way to go but just like I don't know there's that picture of the little girl like in costume looking up at the big poster of like the Justice League and just like got me right in the heart like I'm like a giant sucker I'll cry at pretty much anything but like you'll cry at the Megan Levy trailer okay that was straight. That ta- that trailer was straight up emotional. Terrorism. No, it, it is. It is. <laughs> you cannot want to watch the movie at all. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna. She watch loves the, her dog. The dog. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. So I mean, getting back on topic to Wonder Woman, which is more fun to talk about. <laughs> is that what we're discussing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I also think that another thing I super enjoyed was uh the ensemble aspect of it. I guess like. Chris Pine, we, many debates as to which, how the ranking of the Chris's should go. But Chris we, Pine first. We all agree that Chris Pine is a superior Chris. A top tier Chris. Not the top Chris, obviously, I, because we're uh, on Let the Right Films In and we have the Chris Evans corner, so we all know who's number one. I did say last week that you'd have to come on and defend my Chris <laughs> Pine. And then the so, next week you're on. Okay. Yeah. So. He's one of our finest Chris's. He can be can... the number two Chris on this podcast. <laughs> but he is a delight. <laughs> he... He's had the best last year in movies of all the Chris's. I can say that much. Hell or High Water, okay. Star Trek, <laughs> this. Well, he probably doesn't have like a binding super contract. Anyways, <laughs> ensemble. Um, Chris Pine, and I'm going to look up the names of people because that's pretty shitty of me while you're looking well while you're looking them up i'll just mention that that was also one of my favorite parts you mentioned the diversity on the island the diversity in the supporting cast it's a bunch of ragamuffins who've been brought together because they have uh, many of them have been disenfranchised in other ways and they are themselves uh other like instead of just a bunch of uh you know other chris pines Mm -hmm. or like just a standard bunch of uh 
anonymous soldiers, we get these other people who, though they don't have a lot of screen time, are fully fleshed out characters. And I credit Patty Jenkins for a lot of that, where just with a few lines of dialogue, we're getting a lot of emotional beats and some of the backstory for these these characters that don't have nearly as much screen time mm-hmm. as our main two. Yeah, and I mean, I just... I don't know what I was going to say there. <laughs> I'm rusty. It's all good. It's all good. Well, I'll say like some of the moments uh, I mean, you could get that in a couple moments with uh, Steve Trevor when he's talking the moments where he's like, well, I tried doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to do something. That, or, like, yeah. That's a small line, but it tells us a lot. Or in the moment by the campfire when um when the sniper is have like you realize he suffer, suffers from a lot of p- post-traumatic stress and he has the moment playing the piano and maybe not in the background, but off to the side, we get a whole arc for him throughout the movie, even with just a few lines and moments. Yeah, and I think also, like, it's a huge credit to the dialogue in the movie. Like, it is very realistic. It never sounds canned or forced or anything. And even, like, the lines that you could possibly consider cheesy... There are a few. ...are, like, not that bad. Like, it doesn't stand out as much. And a lot of that, too, is due to Gal Gadot's delivery there are definitely a few lines where i think in the hands of anyone else it might have sounded hokey for instance when charlie is trying to back out of going with them because he's like oh you guys would probably be better off without me and she goes oh charlie but who will sing for us and i feel like there were a lot of ways to do that line that it would have just come off as like condescending or just really hokey. The way she smiles and says that, it comes off as very genuine. She, she really cares for this guy. She is truly so charming. She's really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I I didn't really, like, when she was cast, I didn't know anything about her, obviously. That was the big deal. Some people tried to make hay of casting an unknown or, I don't know. I don't know. She's, she's great. She's great in the role. She's fantastic. <laughs> she could well she can she can pull off all the physical action obviously as has been profiled She's but quite literally a great goddess yes she can also carry <laughs> off a lot of the emotional weight and she can uh she can deliver some of the jokes and has a lot a lot of charm and chemistry with chris she, pine yeah she has an incredible charisma and also she has such a wide range like i felt the same in the scenes like the goofy trying on clothes scenes which i think a lot of people didn't expect going in because we hadn't seen her in that many things yeah and i just yeah and she like this is a film that obviously needs the lead to kind of hold it all together and she did such a fantastic job and i can't imagine like if it were me i would be very stressed knowing that i mean it would be impossible, I feel, to go to set every day and not realize, like, how much was riding on your shoulders. Like, not just the success of this particular movie, but, I mean... Just look at some of the quotes Patty Jenkins has. Uh, I'll put a couple of the interviews in the show notes, but she talks a lot about how, like, part of the reason she left Thor 2 was because she knows the weight that is on the first woman to be directing a superhero movie, and she had to fully believe in the project, and... Because they know they're. It's not just us out here talking. Like everyone involved knows that, fair or not, a lot of the future of blockbusters is going to be shaped, or at least uh, affected, by how Wonder Woman is received, both critically and financially. I mean, I'm hoping, obviously, for the best, and I would really, really like this to cause the culture shift that I want it to cause. Because if this works out and it seems like it's working out this opens the door for not just like other blockbusters to be directed by women but i think it means that a lot more smaller films written and directed by women will be greenlit to me it's like if if i'm thinking honestly off the top of my head the main female directors that i can think of just off the top of my head are sofia coppola and a lily I'm Both who have films coming out this summer. Yeah, well, I mean, there's like I can probably uh, like I can probably name like four or five off the top of my head, and one of them is literally Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, and even she still struggled in the past to get. Catherine Hardwick them. still gets called uh, James Cameron's ex, despite the fact that that's Catherine Bigelow. Oh, so that's what I meant. Um, yeah, <laughs> different different female directors had a lot of success, but also dealt with a bunch but uh, Catherine bigelow uh still gets called james cameron's ex a lot of the time despite the fact that she's one of our most well-established and successful directors yeah and i mean the way that 
not just in film, but the way that women's accomplishments are framed, and even if we want to get really meta, the way that many women's lives are defined are during the eras of, like, who they're dating or, like, who their partner was in music or writing or whatever. Because, I mean, I had a conversation with a coworker about this, and she was like, you know, I've never really thought about this until somebody pointed it out to me, but 90% of the time when I'm talking about my life, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was when I was dating X or that was when I was dating this person. And it's like, why am I defining my life based on who I was dating at the time? And so that's kind of, like, what you end up having with on a much larger scale stuff like this, you have Catherine Bigelow, who is James Cameron's ex. You have... Well, I think because media, like media also makes a lot of hay off of relationships and things like that. So that can get, if the person isn't like, quote unquote, established enough, which it's a lot of female artists aren't as like, because the way the system is set up and the history aren't as established as a lot of male stars. I imagine they are more likely to get pegged with, oh, they were attached to this person mm-hmm. instead of this is the person who did this work before now. Yeah. And it's so, I think, I feel like Patty Jenkins is really this crazy example of like twisting somebody's past accomplishments to kind of diminish them because I think it was the Hollywood Reporter that had that article that was headlined indie woman director who's only directed eight million dollar budget film suddenly gets chance or like this pair i don't know how much that's even in the article either that might be in our case of the headline writer kind of screwing over the article writer it's just so ridiculous because like patty the the eight million dollar film that she directed literally got Charlize theron an oscar Mm -hmm. and is one of the most critically acclaimed movies probably of the past uh decade or so and we just handed colin trevorrow and jonathan boyd roberts and colin and uh josh trank like movies on much less success it's just the fact that it's been several years since it happened but she's also been involved with the wonder woman talks for over a decade patty jenkins has been vying for this and i mean that's the thing is it's like um like obviously wonder woman was created and conceptualized by a man but i mean even his experience was formed a lot by the woman he was... Yeah, and I think that, I mean, sometimes, like, art ends up belonging to its fans in a lot of ways. And I think that any good creator would want to see, like, the best version of their work on screen or in writing or whatever. And th- to me, it makes the most sense that if you want to have the best version of Wonder Woman or if you want to have the best version of captain marvel or whatever you're gonna let a woman write it you're gonna let a woman direct it because i mean there are just so many nuances of living life as a woman that no matter how many books you read no matter how hard you study and try and try to emulate you're never going to be able to successfully capture that in your art and lots of people have like lots of men have tried obviously and some of them have gotten pretty close with varying degrees of success yeah and it's just i think that we like as fans of things you need to kind of realize when it's time to let go and let something like become its best self if that makes sense like yeah okay maybe comic books weren't exclusively male hobby which isn't even true but like if we want to just entertain that thought for a moment Mm -hmm. that comic books were ever only in the male domain (laughs) which is ridiculous and unrealistic in this crazy hypothetical you posited (laughs) um sometimes you just have to let things go and let them do their work where it is most needed and if that means letting a thousand little girls see gal gadot punch Ares in the face with a tank (laughs) then yeah and if it means saying that ultimately the key to fighting human darkness is love then let's let's do it and I think there was a really great quote that I saw on Twitter just to dive into that for a second um into Twitter that's terrifying no where Patty talks about she was annoyed because in an interview somebody had mentioned that the the love thing was cheesy and she said, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the quote pulled up on my phone, but um, the gist of it was like, no, I banned that word from the set because it's not like it's people try to shy away from stuff like this all the time. But like, why? Why? Why do we not like love is one of the most important forces on Earth? And why do we not want to treat it like it is? Like, why are we shying away from it? And why are we treating it like it's the second class like emotion or problem solver or whatever? 
And yeah. <laughs> and like the the movie might tie it up in that nice tidy little package that is love, but there is a lot more to it. And that's one of the things I like about the film is it is Diana reckoning with her idealism versus the actual world and the people and the man, the the like and mankind mm-hmm. um, and how those things clash. But it isn't her. I don't know. It's, it's like her finding a way to unite those two things. And like, that is through love, but that love encompasses a lot. It's love. And it's you, empathy. It's, yeah. it's, being a decent human creature on this planet. I think a lot of the early misconception is people just assuming she means like her romantic love for Steve. And it definitely is more of this. Yeah. Like you said, like this reckoning of all of these different things like that she suddenly had to deal with because like over the course of the film, we see her witness suffering for the first time. We see her witness pain and just all of these different things. And that's another thing that she's really great at in this delivery is watching this woman who's grown up in this insanely idealized world her entire life go and like she obviously it wounds her but she like takes all of it in stride and even in the end when she almost like gives up on it you can see that all of these experiences shape her towards the conclusion and she overcomes it yeah and i also want to say that's another part where the the supporting characters are very important uh, not only in fleshing out the film but because it is clearly not just romantic love because of how much we focused on those other characters beforehand and how we see them and their love for each like their 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 uh, brothers in arms love for each other uh how that keeps them together at the end and she sees that that is also part of the like it is a uh, this is where we need the Greek with its many different words for love to kind of <laughs> yeah. to, to establish this. Because it, it clearly isn't just romantic love, even if the big moment is romantic love. Yeah. I guess we could probably stray away from the political aspects for a minute to talk about the artistic aspects of it. Because, again, like I mean, I mentioned briefly, the, the dialogue is really good. Um, I think a lot of the humor beats are right on point. The costuming is fantastic um my only few gripes Pine can really wear that uniform oh my god there's the one scene where he's by the fire and he's like oh don't worry about charlie he doesn't mean anything by and he's wearing those like pants yep. <sighs> mm-hmm. really good pants he's a beautiful oh, man besides I, the I, moment where he's literally cupping his genitals and, <laughs> and just you like, I'm like i wonder if she had to fight for that shot where it just zooms out for a couple seconds and we just see him <laughs> covering himself just walking across he's like <laughs> I also, that was a sequence that is that, an, I, that is definitely an above average uh, example of his sex. But yeah, that entire sequence was golden. And I also appreciated that they kind of just like, it just happened and they weren't like awkward about it for the night. They were just like, and I also appreciated that Diana was so uh, like educationally intrigued by mm-hmm. it. Like she just wanted to learn what was up with all of that instead of being like, oh no, like a man, I've never seen that. Or, you know, it was. She knows about the pleasures of, of the uh, of the flesh and the, uh, I don't know, whatever they call uh, creating children. <laughs> the, the reproductive <laughs> rights or whatever. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Go Clan of the Caver. The uh, capital R rights of capital F first, capital P pleasure. <laughs> but um, Speaking of other uh, above average examples oh my of his God, sex. We're not getting into that. <laughs> but um, I, and that's that's I for all of the hokiness of some of the dialogue, there are so many easy things that they could have done that they didn't. There was that one, and there was when she's going when Chris Pine emphatically states, "No man has ever been able to cross this land, Diana." She they go, they walk right up to she it. She doesn't. They she walk she right doesn't do this ridiculous. Luckily, I am no man. Like, bleh. but visually, they basically say it. They walk yeah, right up to that. Which line. That's okay, because if she said it out loud, I would have been like, ugh, but because they didn't, it was a great sequence. But yeah, and then the, my only real gripe with the with the artistry of the movie is probably the CGI, and that's really not their fault. The Ares fight is... The, the emotional beats of the Ares fight work, the actual... Uh, See, the first time I saw it was in IMAX, and I have a theory. I feel like every time, and I don't know if it's just because I have to wear the glasses over, like, my regular glasses, Mm -hmm. but I always feel like the backgrounds are, like, blurry, 
in IMAX, and so I didn't notice. It wasn't as distracting to I me. I wonder that. if it was filmed for 3D or if it was post-converted. I'm, I feel like they would have filmed for... I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like they would have filmed for 3D because, okay. like, obviously. No. But, um, yeah, so for, for me, whenever I see a movie in, th- in IMAX, because we're lucky enough to have an IMAX bias, like, bless. But anyway, um, I, I always feel like the backgrounds are kind of muddy and a little bit blurry, and I generally just assume it's an effect of the 3D or the glasses or, like, my two sets mm-hmm. of glasses on my face, but... But when we watched it, we watched it the second time we watched it, we watched it in standard. And who, buddy? It's not great. Some of those faces. And it's just like there was there was one really ridiculous one. I think it was when Robin Wright vaults off the horse or something. Mm. Or no. um, Hippolyta? Hippolyta, yes. Um, When she like backflips off her horse, it's like very clearly a CGI in the air and then lands as a real human. Especially given that's all that stuff is all in daylight. I'm mostly on board with that. The air. Well, yeah. And I mean, the problem with all DC films is that kind of muddy color palette that the fight scenes always end up in. And like that's why the island really pops. It's so bright and colorful. Yeah. And I mean, Wonder Woman did a really good job of, I think, staying away from that. Zack Snyder, brown on brown on black on gray shit that he mm-hmm. likes to do. And that just, the, I, and I know that he like worked on this film too. And I feel like really the fight scene with Ares is where his fingerprints are the most apparent. I mean, he's set the color color palette and kind of the, the atmosphere for the entire franchise or universe. Oh, God bless his soul. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I... Uh, again, like it's it. I, I almost don't even want to like spend time complaining about things about it because I feel like it, mm-hmm. it's a disservice to the movie. But like, and it's pretty comparable to a lot of the other superhero movies. Like a lot of mm-hmm. issues you could have with this movie are from superhero fatigue. Yeah, which is not the fault well, of that, Wonder that Woman. Was it offers the thing... a lot of things that those movie those other examples don't. Yeah, and that was actually a thing that I appreciated because like I'm pretty tired of origin stories, but I was I didn't feel that in this movie. Really, which was nice, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, it's it's a pretty gorgeous film, and again, and I think a lot of the problems can be tacked back or tracked back to Warner Brothers slashing the budget because they weren't sure that a female film was gonna sell. So maybe now that we've all learned our lesson for Wonder Woman two, we can have actual gods fighting and not um, claymation storybook or whatever the hell Ugh. that was. I like a lot of the stuff with uh, Ares up until the end. Like I like what they. I like that he is not exactly what uh, what Diana expects, which is probably like has ha- has that specific twist has probably happened in this the comics before but i like what they do with that i like a lot of it but then the very end this is where i guess the spoilers are really going to come in mm-hmm. all the him having the armor and saying yes diana kill them come to the dark okay, side it's like literally here's <sighs> like okay my thing first of all the first time i saw the movie i really thought that aries was going to turn out to be uh dr maru and i really think that narratively that would have been a much stronger choice that's just my opinion um, but she lives to poison again. Remus Lupin. And I get again, because his like, name is David Thulis. I get that. Like, yes, the people that make the bad decisions in war are generally like the men in the rooms and mm-hmm. not the soldiers, blah, blah, blah. But could we not have just like the, the, the thing that really just took me out of it is when he's telling about how Zeus struck him down a river and he's like in his like muscly got and he like looks up and he's got like this long hair, but he still has the fucking mustache. <laughs> could we not just get rid has, of the mustache? He has the mustache under like, the helmet too. I know, but I'm just like, okay, it is literally already, I'm working very hard to suspend disbelief that Remus Lupin could go toe to toe with Gal Gadot and like the mustache and just like giving him this like muscle suit and just, could we not have just like turned him in? Like, and I I guess maybe this defeats the point, but I'm a little bit like, could we not have just turned him into like a younger, hotter something for like the last battle? Just be like, haha, I cast off my disguise. And so they covered him with bad CGI armor. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and obviously they must have realized at some point how fucking ridiculous he looked like (laughs) trying to go toe to toe there. And I feel like that's where the armor came in. And then he goes into like full voiceover embrace your hate mode. And (laughs) they are evil Diana. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I just like, 
again, and I, I, I really like. Obviously, I didn't want it to be the the not. Well, he's not a Nazi. The the German officer because that's too obvious. And I, I think that having it be Doctor Maru would have been a much more interesting story. It just would have it, it would have turned it into, you know, two like strong women who are strong in very different and sometimes horrible ways. <laughs> um fighting each other and and what like when Aries says that she's the perfect example of everything that's wrong with humans I think that is true because she develops these horrible chemical weapons and stuff and I just also think that having the god of war be more towards this like non-physical fighting would have been interesting because like how it turns does... once again into two like super strong super fast beings just smashing against each other yeah and ways. so it's like how does somebody who trained their whole life to be like a physical warrior combat something like that and i mean we get like a little bit of that because like i mean i don't think she ever comprehends the gas until she actually sees everybody like dead in the village mm -hmm. and i don't think she takes it seriously until then and like she doesn't have any reference but yeah i mean obviously i'm not like a blockbuster script writer but if it were me <laughs> i would have or at least again just like change like the mustache like I, Sorry, you do not I, get David Thewlis without bringing the mustache. get over the fucking must. Like, even, like, when he put the helmet on, I have to say, I was kind of like, all right, cool. You can still can see stop. the mustache. I know, but, but like, yeah. it's not as... Pro like, I was like, okay, I can stop focusing on his fucking mustache. Because in that flashback scene, when he's, like, in the bottom of the pit, and he just has, like, this He-Man, like, bodysuit on, and his, like, long <laughs> hair, and he looks up, and there's the mustache. I just why <laughs> like why was that also even though these powers are not tied to like the the, the, the shape of their body like their gods the shape of their body does not necessarily reflect their strength it is kind of like for nebishy david thulis to be taking on gal Gadot's wonder woman <laughs> i yeah who can just... use lightning with her gauntlets i guess I don't, I feel like it's unfair that Ares, like, I feel like if I were Zeus, I would have banned Ares from using lightning, <laughs> just personally, but, but, but I guess, I guess Diana can also use it because she's also the child of Zeus. I, sure. <laughs> I, that, it's not I mean, really clear. None of Greek mythology ever makes sense, so I'll let all of that slide because that's not really comic books. Yeah, fault. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's, that's fine. That's, that's not yeah. a big deal. And, and I guess, yeah, I guess. I also have to point out that I was incredibly upset to have to watch another Steve make a decision to sacrifice himself in a plane. In a world war I against Germans. did not deserve to be attacked like that. Chris's as Steve's. You can't trust them. It's just, it's not They'll fair. They'll break your heart every time. It's terrible. <laughs> if Chris Pratt ever plays a Steve, watch out. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what we really need is to get chris pine in just a marvel movie because i just really want all of them like together for once i just want to collect the whole set in the mcu and like he's almost there he's got his foot like close to it so maybe soon we can we can have that who's i wonder if there's like another young chris who's just like i want to be on the chris battle but i don't know i kind of wish that tom holland's name was chris oh, that would that would like really round it out i feel uh, like being a full circle uh. Speaking of bringing it full circle, I feel like we're <laughs> wrapping up a little bit. So if you had any other points to make, we should probably delve into them. <laughs> well, see, now Sony and Marvel both finally have uh, women directing some of their movies. Uh, Anna Bowden is co-directing Captain Marvel. Um, she always co-directs her stuff with Ryan Fleck, the like, creative partners. And then recently, Gina prince Bythewood, Bythewood is directing Silver and Black, which is a Spider-Man universe movie. Very cool. Yeah. Kayla, is this your favorite superhero movie of the year? You also just watched Logan. I guess oh, I guess man. pitting them against each other is weird. I, I guess. mean, I, I honestly, to be totally... They're so very different. <laughs> also, to be totally, like, shamelessly misandrist for a minute, like, I mean, I this will probably be my favorite superhero movie until Captain Marvel comes out, just on principle. <laughs> but, and, and I mean, like... Yeah, Guardians happened this year, too. Uh, to be fair, mm. I really had a lot of problems with Guardians, too. It yeah. was fun, but it wasn't fantastic by mm. any means. Another so, movie with a bunch of third act issues. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, like it's... It's nice to have this kind of breath of fresh air come from the DC universe, because as much as I love Marvel and I love the Marvel movies, they are 
all the same. <laughs> and now we can talk about a movie being like lighter and having you know some humor and jokes in it without it coming off as oh we want another Marvel movie. Yeah, and like and because Wonder Woman embraces those things, but it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. It I... just feels like it actually lets some light in and embraces the heroism, which is why Wonder Woman's actually perfect for like was the perfect remedy for the DCU because her whole character is about embracing hope and love and heroism and empathy, which were like the exact things we kind of wanted from the yeah, DCU. But I mean, and I really think that the middle of the road is just the best way bit. to go with those because we have like very real loss in Wonder Woman. We have this like anguish to deal with. Whereas in Marvel movies, it's like, I mean, the closest we get probably is Tony Stark's PTSD. And I don't even think that that's treated with nearly the respect it deserves. Oh, no, so, no, it's not. I mean, if we could all, like, if all of them could just take notes from, from this and moving forward, just, like, it's okay to they, let people... They don't all have to. But, like, you know, some... These are big universes. Like, the movies don't all have to be the same. Yeah, but it's like, okay, Zach, you don't have to kill everybody every two seconds. Uh, well, faceless people anyways. Yeah, you don't have, like, Marvel. It's okay to let somebody die every once in a while and not just the dude who was in the movie for 24 minutes. Like, <laughs> people die. Like, when you're fighting giant battles like this, people die. Wonder Woman makes that very clear. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's literally a world war. It would be such a disservice to act like everything turned out fine and like nobody ever got hurt it's a very violent movie wonder woman although very bloodless i mean yeah and then that's Zack snyder's thing that doesn't really bother but me that's but... that's not a Zack like that's not just a Zack snyder thing that's an mpaa thing where True, yeah. you they can you can make a pg-13 movie filled with tons of violence as long as there's no blood if you have blood it's totally different i just assumed that because she was a god she like didn't really bleed or something well so. there's the whole battle between the amazons and the germans on the beach where there are like a lot of blades and stuff being yeah. used and yet it, it paint like you get this overhead shot of all these dead bodies not a drop of blood the sand <laughs> is clean and i can mostly sus suspend the disbelief for these movies in that sense but Especially on that bright sand with all those bodies around and like <laughs> some of those swords and arrows are hitting like non-mortal blows where you can be like, oh, it just stopped the heart immediately. So we need the middle ground between Wonder Woman and Spartacus Blood and Sand. Got it. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll probably get on November 3rd when Thor Ragnarok comes out. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess Spider-Man is also coming out pretty soon. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I, I want to see it, but I'm not going to like go out to the theater right away to see it probably <laughs> it's fine i'm a little done with robert downey jr hijacking all the movies that aren't his we are going to get more wonder woman before the year's out though with the new justice league oh right when is that actually out november 17th wow that is really soon yeah uh, yep november 17th so cool. all right let's do it yay um any final notes kayla um i mean i just really would like people to go see this i think that again it's not a perfect movie and the people involved are not perfect people but if you want they rarely are <laughs> but i think that it is a testament to uh the strength of women to work hard to get things done in the way that they want to get it done and that we probably could not have asked for a better Wonder Woman movie. I it, it is everything that I was dubious that it wouldn't be, and it far surpassed my hopes and expectations. Especially given like the two decades of tumult leading up to it, and the many many writers who yeah, were yeah. Okay, actually, my real final note is that I'm really glad that Joss Whedon had to keep his fucking grubby hands off of it because I, I, I never wonder, I wonder ever if you saw that. ever want him anywhere near a female superhero ever. He and Patty Jenkins got involved around the same time. Which... You just you just stay if you hear me somehow you just stay away you stay in hiding. You just have fun doing whatever it is you're doing right now. Batgirl. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited for it. Is he actually doing Batgirl? Yeah. Fuck. It's like the main reason. I mean, my thing is Batgirl probably wouldn't get made. I guess. <laughs> All right, Joss. Joss, Joss, you can win. She's not like, she's not totally lost. Just don't say some of the dumb things that you All right, say. Joss, if you're actually like, somehow one day listening to this, reevaluate a little bit. If you're just super excited some of the things, to fit like a, move an, on to the next wave of an old version maybe. of the C word in past the sensors, don't do that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, 
Just don't. Just be cool. Just be cool. All right? Just be cool. Also cast Anna Kendrick or All Hope is Lost. I, I don't know about that. There are many talented young actresses out there, Kayla. And I love Anna Kendrick. Like <laughs> I just want her to do it. <laughs> I know. I, I want Anna Kendrick to do a lot of things. Like like she can have all the roles she wants. But um, so I was, like I don't know. Was, I guess I maybe mean, this doesn't really fit into a current spot. Like it's just interesting. You know, I felt this way like when I was talking with Lauren about horror too. It's like we. It's almost like, in some ways, it's worse now for women like directing movies than it was say like twenty years ago because some of. There are plenty of women who, especially adjusted for inflation, have made movies that gross more than $100 million, but it's like Nora Ephron, Nancy Myers, Penny Marshall, uh, a lot of 70s and 80s stuff because Hollywood and studios put most of their weight behind, you know, action franchise movies now, and they usually don't let women direct those. They let them direct like little comedies and romance things that yeah. they don't spend as much money on. I think there's always in Hollywood a really interesting weird interesting is quite the word turnaround time so for instance um if you go all like if you go all the way back and you want to talk about um like the hollywood censors and Mm -hmm. this whole like the whole era of like real prudishness when it came to women and sexuality and stuff yeah well okay so you have this whole thing where suddenly you can't show women like being sexy or whatever and Mm -hmm. so you have female doctors you have like you suddenly have this whole dearth of roles for women and yes it sucked that they couldn't be like sexual beings or whatever but they were also doing all these other roles where as soon as you have the censors lifted suddenly you go back to women only being like, sex objects and bombshells and femme fatales or whatever. So, like, I feel like almost always the progress has to, like, go backwards a little bit before it can go forward. And I feel like maybe that's kind of the period that we're in right now where we have, okay, we finally get, like, one woman who gets to direct a big film. And now, ideally, there will be a surge (laughs) in, like, the correct behavior as opposed to, like, this, like, weird back, like, backwards treading. And it won't be like how Catherine Hardwick got to make a giant movie with the twi- first Twilight and then doesn't get to make anything since. Yeah, and I don't Because really think... she's a jerk. It's so weird to me, too, because, like, she did that on a shoestring budget and it made a bazillion dollars. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And I guess, really, I mean, there's this weird thing about women where it's not enough to just be good at your job. You also have to be, like, really nice and personable to everyone all the time. And y'all mm-hmm. really need to fucking let that go because... Uh, like Kubrick literally taped people's eyes open and like stabbed them to death. Different standards. To get a real yes, they're, so... they're all the different standards. They have to. <laughs> they can't be assholes in the same way. They're not allowed to be auteurs in the same way, but also they're not allowed to fail in the same way that guys are. Yeah. So again, ideally, we will have this momentary period in history where, like, in the real world, it feels like we've made a lot of great progress with feminism and yada yada. Except in the arts, we aren't seeing it, and now like we can have this great surge forward where we start to equalize a little bit in the arts as well. And that's without even getting super interse- intersectional with the feminism yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> which there's only one movie that is being released wide this year that was directed by a black woman. Is that Wrinkle, one. In, Wrinkle in Time? No, it's that's that doesn't come Extra. out this year. It's um everything everything. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's the okay. only one. Yeah, and that's too that's a whole other step. Like obviously mm. when we talk about all of this stuff um, I, I want it to be clear that like we all like we aren't like we we want it to be diverse women who are directing films. I would like to see a movie made by a lesbian filmmaker. I want to see movies... the people leading films and the production crew and crews involved in films. Yeah. So we, yeah, we never want it to just sound like we like obviously like Hollywood is gonna take this as an example that white women can succeed, mm-hmm. and we would like to hopefully just get past that and have it be everybody and not just like you know already kind of established white female directors it's important to take into consideration like this and also like like the stuff that some of the stuff the can jury said Mm -hmm. or like uh zoe lister jones band-aid where she talked like she made that movie with an entirely female crew and she Mm -hmm. talks about that and how um it's so like the people in front of the screen and the directors making the movies, like who make like who makes those and who stars in those is super important. But also 
further on down because yeah i mean every film like, is the collaboration yeah. of hundreds and yeah. hundreds of people it's almost and... like this is very complicated yeah i mean and it is and so much much like the mor- <laughs> sorry cut you off. Okay. much like the morality uh we see in the world in, within the wonder woman movie there's a lot of moral gray area going on in this yeah. world of ours so i guess to say like the last thing uh wonder woman is a great start and i would like it to be a start and not just the post that we stop at yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you soon. <laughs> oh, hey. Um, <clears throat> so that was our discussion of Wonder Woman. Uh, please follow us on all the relevant social platforms. We own LTRFI.com now. Yes. So you can go there and find all the things. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. Subscribe to our stuff. Read our stuff. Uh, I don't know. Say hi. How's it going? What's up? Suggest things for us to talk about feel feelings when you listen to these with feelings episodes <laughs> thank you uh to soundcat phoebe for keeping an eye on the ones and twos today we look forward to talk to you all again next week possibly possibly with some discussion of uh sensate and netflix we'll see got a lot of people and cogs to line up for that to work out <laughs> but we'll be back every tuesday i didn't make that clear every tuesday gonna release episodes every tuesday for sure guaranteed Probably with feeling additions. We'll see. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be <laughs> we in your feeds. A, we spent we'll a long fall, like, year or so on only the IMDb 250s, so they can, they'll, it'll be there when we get back. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll just have feelings till then and talk about things. Yeah, and also, with them. if you would like to be a guest on a with feeling episode instead of an IMDb episode, you so, are welcome to do that. Just hit us up and let us know. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess, if I may, close this out in the traditional manner. Oh, man. Jurassic World is a terrible movie and always will be. Right in the heart. Feels so good to hear that again. I pissed it so we much. We even got to trash him a little bit in the episode. Oh, so good. man. You know, we might have to swap out King Kong for that, though. Cause, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm. I would not be opposed to that. I didn't mm. see it, but I also never saw Jurassic World. Oh, so King Kong is also a terrible movie. so dumb. He was homeless. Leave him alone.